The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Thursday, but not just any Thursday. A truly unique double circus tent Thursday. A Longhorn football, Cowboys football, are going to be playing basically at the same time Thursday. To quote one of my favorite poets of all time, Blackie Lawless from Wasp, welcome to life inside the electric circus. Hang on for your life. I can't wait. Chad and Zay with you on a Thursday. If you love both of our big-time teams, I'm not sure how you're getting through tonight, but I know you're going to try, and you'll do it with us. We appreciate it. I'm Chad Hastings, joined by the great Isaiah Collier. We kind of represent each half of this thing because I'm a massive Cowboys fan. Zay is a big Longhorn fan. Zay, how are you? I'm doing great, Chad. It's a weird feeling having the Alamo Bowl today because this is the first time in a very long time as a Texas football fan have no nerves. Zero nerves going into this game. Well, that's kind of good. Yeah. For you, for you, I mean, the players need to have a little bit of nerves. Yeah. But, you know. but for me, I guess it's just knowing it's the last game of the season, win or lose. You know, I'm. if it's a win, cool. If it's a lose, all right. You're telling me you're going to go to bed tonight the exact same way, whether it's 9-4 and four or 8-5. and five. Same way. It depends on how that eight and five looks. I see. Okay. If these boys get stomped out tonight in front of probably, would you say, uh, 80% Texas crowd, especially with the flights and all that, ain't no way people from Seattle, not Washington area, getting down here cleanly. I agree. Like, it's been a tough go. Yep. So it should be flooded with Texas fans at the Alamo Dome. So ain't no way you should be getting blown out. So if they got blown out by over 20 or something like that, then I'll come back here tomorrow not very happy. You'd be a little salty. Though. I'd be a little salty. Nah, but they fair. lost by a field goal, seven points. Think about all the losses that the Horns had this year. All of them were like one-score losses. Sure, close from, ones. Yeah, yeah, from Tech, Alabama, Oklahoma State, TCU. All of them were very close losses. If they got blown out tonight, I'd be disappointed, yes, but no nerves going into this game, and I kind of like that. Okay, fair enough. Longhorn fans, let us know if you agree with Zay's read on it. Are you in a no-nerve situation? Are you nervous? Are you freaked out? And, of course, if you do represent both circus tents, let us know what you're going through because I'm only going through half of it. Zay's only going through half of it. It's the Cowboys kicking at 715, and it is the Longhorns kicking at 8. I have thought it through today, and I just don't think it's ever happened. We can get close. Everybody's been texting me all week, Chad, it's Thanksgiving. That's when it's happened. Right. But that Cowboy game kicked at 3 or 330. Never at seven. The Cowboys have never been on the night game in Thanksgiving. And even if they had been, by that time, the Longhorns weren't playing on Thanksgiving. So it's never been a double primetime event. There was one that was close when the Longhorns lost that famous game in the rain at Rice. That was a Sunday game, 
And I went to the Cowboys game that day, so I can tell you for sure it was over. It was done. That was a late kick for the Cowboys. I think it was maybe a three game. Three, what three year 30. was this? That was way 90, 90s, yeah. 94, I think. I think Buck always talks about this. Yeah, right. That's talks a, about the game. Like, that's a tough game. Uh, and yeah. he wishes that he could forget that one. Yeah, you, Longhorn fans don't want to talk about that game. So, But that that was kind of close, but those two games did not kick in prime time like we're having tonight. So let us know what your thoughts are. Specs text line 337-3776. Before we dig in to bowl games last night, Texas, Washington, Cowboys, and the rest, let's start with a feel-good story. Let's start with a feel-good story out of something horrible, but it is also a reminder about when people can be good and when social media can actually do the right thing. So everybody knows if you're a Longhorn fan, number three on offense, of course, is Quinn Ewers. Number three on defense is Damani Tucker Dorsey. And Zay mentioned this briefly yesterday. Damani's mother has been going through a battle with cancer. They've reached a point where they realize the best thing for her is to get her back up to Maryland to Johns Hopkins. And if you remember, uh, Tucker Dorsey transferred to Texas from James Madison. So he was up in that part of the country before he came here. And they threw out a $60,000 goal of a GoFundMe for medical expenses, moving expenses, getting her back up there. And Zay, as of this morning, I'm driving in, listening to Jeff and uh, Craig and Snoop on Light the Tower and Jeff updates the fact that they raised the $60,000 in about 24 hours. Amazing. So the communities, the Burn Orange community, the James Madison Dukes community, everybody came together to help that family out. I retweeted it right before we started the show. So if you go to at C Hastings 1049, you can find it that way. Damani is at Tucker Dorsey underscore. If you want to go find it that way, if you'd like to help and donate as well, because you know that family's going to need uh, probably more than that amount they threw out. So I love that stuff, Zay. I love when the social media world can do do good instead of doing evil. And also for tonight, I'm imagining now number three on defense can play a little freer. Right. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Absolutely. Can, can play with a little different focus where, yes, he's worried about his mom, but to know that they've gotten some of that stuff taken care of, now he gets to go out there and play for her, and maybe there's less worry in his head. Yeah, and this is the most reps he's going to have all season with no DeMarvion Overshone. We know, you know, we got Maurice Blackwell there, but we're looking for Tuck to be big tonight, and he's going to have to be big tonight against this juggernaut Washington offense. But, yeah, for someone who's had his mother have a little stint with breast cancer, eh, a lot could be swirling through your mind. It could be tough to just deal with everyday life, you know. You don't want to think the worst, but it's kind of hard not to. And my mom, she's doing a whole lot better than when she went through that battle. But, yeah, just being in Tucker Dorsey's shoes, which I couldn't even imagine playing a football game and still dealing with this stuff. It's great that, you know, he's such a great person, such a great guy that came from James Madison, that he has so many people behind him to donate all of this money. And, yeah, shout out to everybody that donated. I threw a little bit in there. There you go. Uh, I think I'm going to do that as well. I, I had not, uh, I hadn't heard about it until today. I actually hadn't heard about it till I saw. I mean, you mentioned it yesterday, and then I saw Jatavian Sanders trying to get a little help and, right, and right. trying to shooting out the info. So I haven't had a chance to donate yet, but I think I'm going to do that as well. Um, it's certainly a, a good feeling to help something like that out. And no matter how big and monstrous and physical and nasty you are as a football player, 
Mama still mama. Mama so that, still mama. That has got to be uh, that's got to be so emotional for that family. So all the best to the Tucker Dorsey family, and thank you so much to anybody out there that has donated or will donate in the Longhorn family. That James Madison family stepping up for him as well, uh, remembering his time there as well. So that was very very cool. All right, let's get the spec set piece going. We'll talk about some crazy bowls last night, and the Longhorns hope to not have one of those tonight. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Oh my goodness, what is it about Mac Brown going to the Holiday Bowl to create drama? Can he have a boring Holiday Bowl? Is it possible for Mac Brown to go to San Diego and just have kind of a normal, boring game? Is it at all possible. I can't think of a game that he's been involved in that didn't have crazy high drama, weirdness, strangeness, a, a major Apple White factor on one side, a Chris Ann Major factor on another. Um, the <laughs> the family member touches the ball on an onside <laughs> kick in another one. Mac just can't have a normal San Diego experience. And last night was no different. Zay, they get an early, they got a late lead, but anyone watching that game had to have the same feeling. Unless you're a North Carolina, even if you're a North Carolina fan, I guess. At 27-21, I kind of knew what the final score was going to be. Yeah. Knowing how much time they left. Knowing what Bo Nix and that offense had looked like as they'd start to get things going, I thought, oh, he's losing this one 28-27. He is I'm you know, it was one of those I'm thinking, I'm sorry, Mac, and I'm sorry to is it Gene Chiswick that's his DC right yeah, now? Yeah, Gene. It's um, Gene. I, just, I, I felt like they were going to lose it. Ultimately, they did. That was a hell of a game to watch. In the end, uh, May and North Carolina couldn't quite do enough. Oregon gets the win. Bo Nix is coming back next year. Yeah. May is coming back to North Carolina next year. So, 10 yeah. wins for Oregon. North Carolina had nine. Both those teams are going to be interesting next year. The Pac-12 was really good this year. I don't think we talked about them enough just because Pac-12 after dark, we don't get to see them as much down here. They got the two-hour, you know, behind difference. So, the games are so late which is a lot, big reason why, you know, we didn't really get to see Washington this year also. But you look at what Utah and USC did. You see Oregon. They're a good team. Oregon State was a good team. You know, it, it's now you got Dion at Colorado. It's they got some serious teams up mm-hmm. there in the Pac-12. And it, it's, it's interesting how the things have changed. But, yeah, Drake May and Bo Nix, they were going at it. And Drake May, he's a future NFL quarterback. You know, I think him being a freshman, he proved a lot of people, you know, wrong this year that didn't think him coming in as a freshman and starting for Mac Brown, he would have that good of a season. Well, he was arguably the best quarterback in the ACC. And yeah, they just too much time for that Oregon offense. And Bo Nix and them went and drove the ball and scored. By the way, we didn't talk about it a ton, but did you catch that story out of the ACC where Drake May, there was rumors that he was going to be going somewhere else with NIL, and yeah. Pat Narduzzi started mouthing off about it? Like, why does Narduzzi talk about everybody else's NIL deals? When the Jordan Addison thing was happening, I guess that's one of his guys, so maybe he's allowed to speak on it. But Narduzzi said to the media... That he he knew that May had gotten offered five million dollars by Ooh, multiple schools to move. Oh, Drake! I'm like, Coach, what do you? Even if that's true, shut up. Why are you talking? You're Pitt's coach. Why are you talking about this? Yeah, I couldn't understand it. But anyway, unless th- if Michael Jordan is coming and delivering five million to me, I'm gone. Yeah. You can't give me enough Jays 
to stay with North Carolina and the ACC, turning down $5 million. But Come app- on, Drake May. Apparently they did find enough because then Drake May came out in the media and said, by the way, I'm staying at North yeah, Carolina. I'm staying here. All that stuff is not true. Don't believe what you read. <laughs> I'm staying in Chapel Hill. I'm guessing he got he got helped out for that. Yeah, he definitely got paid. Yeah. Uh, he probably did a little bit of Xavier Worthy networking. Sure. Just throwing his name out there, you know, not answering any serious, crazy questions to the media and just, you know, making everybody nervous at his respective school because go see what your worth is out there. You can't knock these guys for trying to benefit the most they can out of NIL at this point. You just can't. So, yeah, I, even though it's nerve wracking, that Xavier Wordy has, you know, been in the little state that he's in. You can't knock somebody like Dre May testing his name out there and seeing what kind of money he could get back staying at North Carolina. So that was probably the best game of last night, uh, yesterday, but it certainly wasn't the wildest. You had Kansas losing in three overtimes to Arkansas. Arkansas had to hang on when they were way up in that game. Uh, and then Texas Tech beat Ole Miss 42-25. to So nice win for Texas Tech and Coach uh, uh, jo- Joey. I was about to call him Joey McIntyre. He's not a new kid on the block. <laughs> Joey McGuire. Best. They uh, yeah. got that Yo, team. An eighth see, win. You see Coach McGuire get that extension after the game last night? Yeah, they threw it up on a, on a graphic during the game that he'd signed a six year. Is that six what it was? Six year? Damn. Oh, they're ready to go. Yo, man, I love my tortillas too, but let's relax, Coach. Let's relax. I mean, oh, he is. he does seem like a big-time West Texas guy. Yeah, for him, that's what you, you know, right now, at least make them think that that's what you want. Right. That's what guys have done through the years at Texas Tech. I don't know that one of them has ever stuck other than, I guess, it was Leach for a while. But you, if you can get the right fit out there, it, it, they'll, they'll love you forever. Yeah. And, and you know, looking at this 8-5 and five Texas Tech team and seeing what they did to Ole Miss yesterday, now I, I know we're going to talk about Ole Miss, you know, kind of beating themselves in a way a little later. But yeah. it makes that Texas loss not as sour as it once was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That Texas Tech team was a lot better than you know you would think. That's a good, solid football team. You're yeah. ab- you're absolutely right. Now we lost to their third string quarterback that transferred. Yeah, that's a whole nother deal. That's a whole that's, nother discussion. You know, but so still eight and five. They're they're better than what we thought. Yeah, twelve forty five in the crap bag. I will get into a couple specifics on that old Miss Texas Tech game because Lane Kiffin is an absolute menace to football at times. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but congrats to Texas Tech for the win. Hell of a fight that Kansas put up. Uh, and then tonight, of course, it's Texas and Washington. Somebody's already texted in. I'll be at the bowl game watching the Horns with an earbud in, listening to and watching the Cowboys. I may or may not act a fool if something wild happens in the Cowboys game. The other text we've gotten that's interesting here in the last couple minutes, Zay, we need to double-check this. This says, Cowboys getting served up Josh Dobbs tonight? Who? What? Huh? Wait a minute. So they're playing at Tennessee. If it's not Tannehill, which we know it's not, isn't it Malik Willis? Yo, Malik Willis has yet to throw over 100 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to third street. Are they going to Josh Dobbs tonight? That'd be real disrespectful and wouldn't make sense in – them drafting Malik Willis in the third round. Whoa. But the way he's looked, I, I – and you know what? That game doesn't – they have nothing to play for tonight. 
I talked about uh, earlier this week, you know, they have a lot to play for trying to get back in the playoff hunt. They play Jacksonville next week. Right now they have the same record. They're both 7-8, and eight, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Right. So whoever wins that game next week, whatever happens week 17 tonight and for Jacksonville, it doesn't matter. They, you know, whoever wins next week in week 18, that's, that's going to win the AFC South. That's for the division. So yeah. all the players that Tennessee has sitting tonight, which – I'm doing it in air quotes because I don't know if all these guys are really injured. They might just be saving them because Vrabel's out here thinking, what's the point? Yeah. What's the and point he, of getting guys yeah. you know, more banged up? Like Derrick Henry, he's doubtful. Ain't no way I'm playing him tonight knowing that this game is meaningless. And, yeah, Zay, you're absolutely right. Thanks to the listener. I'm double-checking it here. ESPN is reporting Dobbs is going to start, according to their wow. sources. Wow. Yeah. They're going to start Dobbs. Signed off the Lions practice squad eight days ago. I was going to say, I didn't even realize Joshua Dobbs was a Titan. He's yeah. getting, getting the start over Malik Willis, who has struggled in his three starts. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so we're sitting, if I'm Cowboys, I'm sitting Michael Parsons tonight and I'm sitting Tony Pollard. Both of those guys are a little banged up. There's a serious, and you see, now there's a serious discussion you kind of have to have. But yeah, if you're the Cowboys to me, you still, again, that one seed is still out there. It is. It's still technically out there. I absolutely go after this game. I do not. I'm not. I would not rest the biggest of big dogs on on offense. Maybe your Micah Parsons idea. That's something to make to discuss. But you, you don't do, think old boy Davis could come in and take that Tony Pollard spot, throw a little Zeke uh, in there? Like this is one of the worst secondaries in the league, and they yeah. got about like eight dudes in the defense banged up, and if I'm them, I'm probably not playing a lot of those guys due to the circumstances that this game is meaningless for the Tennessee Titans. So, yep. Dak, win us a game. You're getting paid all this money. You should. You need Oof. to have a five-touchdown game. I'm yeah. good. I, this I, I is one you. of the few times, Chad, I'm good with Dak having over 30 uh, oh, passing attempts. Oh, no, here we I'm go. I'm good with it. You're good with it? This week? If it starts to threaten that 40 number, you okay with that, too? Oh, yeah, this week. This week, you're good. This week, because with that should come in the way C.D. Lamb's been playing, the way the three tight ends uh-huh. been playing, everybody's stepping up. Now T.Y. Hilton's getting in the mix a little bit. Yeah, th- those 40 attempts could maybe be 400 of them yards. Wow, uh, okay. Four touchdowns with it. Dak being player of the week in the NFC type stuff to boost his confidence going into Washington week 18. How about that? Joshua Dobbs reportedly will start for Tennessee tonight. That does change a little bit. Uh, It is still Cowboys and Longhorns playing simultaneously in prime time, but that may have changed the uh, the attitude around that Cowboys game. I think the Cowboys are wearing the alternates, too. The, like, white helmet alternates? I think so. Check it out. Interesting. Check it out. Or at least the ones they kind of wear on the Thanksgiving, but they didn't wear. Did they wear last year? They did did this year, yeah. Okay, the white and then the... uh, the dark blue on the shoulder pads, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. But they're not doing the red, white, and blue stripe no, again. No, they're, they're not doing that. Okay, good. Thank yeah, goodness. I didn't, didn't love that. <laughs> didn't love that. All right, so uh, we'll continue to talk about the Cowboys coming up. Again, if you're a Longhorn and Cowboys fan, how are you going to be dealing with tonight coming up? I'll tell you how we'll deal with tonight here on the Horn. NFL Week 17 is coming. We got scenarios all over the place, some simple ones, some complicated ones. But like Zay said, there's nothing the Tennessee Titans can gain or lose technically tonight. That's why Joshua Dobbs is going to start. This is about them resting Malik Willis. Let's be very clear. 
Zay, they ha- no, it can't be. It, no, it can't be for him. It has to be because Thank Tannehill's out for sure. They have to have Willis ready to go against Jacksonville. They they're doing this tonight so he doesn't get hurt tonight. Yo, the way homeboy's been playing, he needs all the reps he could get. I, I would, I wouldn't even if I'm Vrabel, I wouldn't even risk it. The way that he, he hasn't thrown over 100 yards. I understand. Once have you seen Joshua Dobbs play football in the I, last five years? I barely know who that is. Okay. That that exp- that does explain a lot right there too. I am, he he played at Tennessee. That's not why I've seen him play a little bit. My wife being a Steelers fan, I've watched a little bit. Dobbs ended up with the Steelers for a while. He's just not good. Oh, of course, he is not good. Yeah. Uh, so that that to me that tells me a lot about tonight's game. We'll continue to talk about that. Get some more NFL in. We'll check in in San Antonio with our guy Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. He's making his way there now. He was of course with you for Light the Tower. We'll get his thoughts on Longhorns and Washington. And coming up in the crab bag, we will uh, get a couple rants out to you. One of them has to do with Lane Kiffin. The other has to do with targeting. It's all coming up on the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come on now. I love the vibe. I love the sound. It's kind of got a little bit of a Bonnie Raitt feel, but it's not quite raspy enough. So I don't know, Zay. Who is it? Linda Ronstadt. Oh, go ahead. I should have guessed. Why didn't I guess that? Every once in a while, you'll throw Linda in there. Dude, she... Man, there's so there was so much talent. There's yeah. so much talent. So much yeah, presentation. So much everything about her. Back in the USA. Back in the USA. Go ahead, Linda Ronstadt. Not a song I'm familiar with, but it's a good tune, man. Great voice, great look, everything about her. You talk about sexy in the 70s. Good lord. Linda Ronstadt? She was incredible. Yeah. She looked like a skater girl. Yeah, she did. She did kind of have that. Not like skateboard. I mean, I mean, like like figure ro- skating. Yeah, figure skating, rollerblading, like seventies rollerblading. She made kinda, some disco. She just had like a just a cool woman vibe. She kind of had like a Dorothy Hamill vibe to her. Now that I think about it, she had that kind of hairstyle too. See, get, you're going so, above my head, Dorothy Hamill. I don't Dorothy Hamill, Peggy Fleming. No, okay. I was raised by a <laughs> figure skating freak. My mom is a huge figure skating person. So really? I had to watch some figure skating growing up. Absolutely. All right, Linda Ronstadt gets us started. Shout out to all the ladies out there on a Thursday. I know there's going to be a lot of those uh, Cowboys and Longhorn fans coming together tonight to get it figured out. All the guys as well trying to figure out how to watch these two games. Got somebody telling us. 
Two TV set up in the living room, horns on the big screen. You just heard the promo where the Longhorns are going to be on 104.9 and Coke FM for us. Cowboys will be on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. But if this story is true about Joshua Dobbs starting, this is one the Cowboys need to handle this business. Uh, Zay, somebody's saying Cowboys need to get a lead early, run the ball, have this thing be two and a half hours, get out of there as soon as they can. They need to dominate this game if Joshua Dobbs starts, especially if they hold Derrick Henry back. Right. You kind of referenced it earlier, but what's the reason to play him? No. With a hip injury? Hell no. Yeah, that's that's that, where everybody goes to tackle his ass. Yeah, like, you gotta go low. Like yeah. you can't go high on him. He's too big. He's too tall. Yeah, because if so, you do anything else, you go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you you and I both have different takes on us. You think Malik Willis is getting bitched for confidence sake, so yeah. we can have some confidence going into next week against Because it's all they've got. Because he's all they've got. <laughs> You, you're I th- think he's getting benched. Oh man, and it's because of play. Two hundred and thirty-four passing yards in three starts, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Right, but when I asked you who Joshua Dobbs was, you didn't know. <laughs> That's who they're playing tonight. <laughs> this is going to be a wild. That, now this game gets weirder for a whole other reason, man. At least Dobbs has experience on this. He side. does have Come a little on. experience. He does have a little experience. But if you pull up those numbers, I don't think you're going to love what you find with Joshua Dobbs. I could not tell you how many starts he's had. Uh, maybe a Steelers fan could let me know. I don't think Dobbs was ever a serious consideration to be Roethlisberger's backup. I remember this brother. You remember him, right? I remember him. Yeah, he was at Tennessee. Yes. He was pretty good at Tennessee. Yeah, he was I. But he was not an NFL quarterback to me. As he as he made that transition, I just I remember thinking, God, I hope he can stick. And he's sorta of stuck, but not as a consistent backup. So I, you know, if that's what they're doing tonight, there's a desperation to it. Again, they claimed him off the Lions roster eight days ago. Good grief. So that's what's going on tonight with the Cowboys. Longhorns, of course, getting ready for Washington. Zay, we've been talking about this game a while now. Jeff Howe coming up to give us a little more preview and thoughts on the game. Where You said earlier you're not nervous as no. a Longhorn fan tonight. So do you have a prediction? Because early on in our discussions, you were leaning Washington. Are you still that way, or do you think the Longhorns are going to get it done? Uh, yeah, I'm still leaning Washington as much as I would love for the Longhorns to win, and obviously I'm going for them. It just seems like with Texas having three top NFL players not playing in this game, and Washington, who is really good, I don't know why they're not favored, but having their full squad come into San Antonio I think they're going to have a little bit of an advantage there. Plus, we don't know how the offense is going to look without B. John Robinson, without Roshan Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I, we've talked about all year of this football team and Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. If you're willing to not give the ball to Bijan when you have him, and allow Quinn Ewers to throw all these crazy deep passes, which him and Xavier Wordy and other wide receivers don't have chemistry yet, then what are you going to do when he ain't even around? Right. Like, how are you going to look at number 24, Jonathan Brooks, and say, you know what? We're going to do what we did in the last two games where Quinn, 
through like 22 attempts and 16 attempts against Kansas and Baylor, and we're just going to let Bijan and Roshan control the whole game. Do you have that confidence in number 24, Jonathan Brooks, and number 7, Keelan Robinson? I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian has the patience or confidence to do that. That's the biggest question for me tonight. I'll be thoroughly impressed if he does it. If he does it, oh man. We've been talking to these, you know, to people throughout the week, uh, Chip Brown, Horns 24-7 yesterday, and he mentioned that 40 carry total. And I almost, I didn't laugh when he said it, but I smiled because I'm thinking, I don't think he gets anywhere near 40 tonight. Right. I think the statement Sark wants to make tonight is, my quarterback is going to chunk it to my receivers and we're going to beat Washington in their kind of football game. I think he's going to meet them on their terms and say, y'all want to shoot out? We're going to beat you. I'm going to take my shots. We're going to throw it all over the place. And I don't think they're getting to 40 carries. I hope they prove me wrong. And I told you, I said this to you yesterday off the air. Sarkeesian, to me, has a bit of a Kellen Moore feel to him in some ways. <laughs> I believe both of them want to see the ball fly through the air. For sure, former quarterbacks. They, they are both quarterbacks. They love the sight of a ball flying through the air. And – to me, there's a difference between do you trust your running game versus do you trust your running back. Kellen Moore showed us earlier this year he trusted his running back, but he didn't trust his running game. Zeke was out of a game, and he didn't give Malik Davis many carries. When he did, he averaged seven yards per carry, and he should have given Pollard more carries in that game. Can't remember which game it was. Yeah. I think the Cowboys ended up winning the game, but it just didn't feel like he leaned in enough. And you just made the point on Sark. If he won't commit to his running game when that running back is in the room, what makes us think he's going to fully commit to it when he's not? And his leader is gone, too. That other guy, number two. So that's that's where I'm kind of with you, also because I can kind of be a kiss of death, I think, to the Longhorns. So I'm leaning like Washington in a shootout, you know, like a 41-38 kind of a thing, to hope that the Longhorns go the other way and, and prove me wrong and I'll come back and say I was wrong. But I do not trust Sark right now to commit to that. I think Longhorn fans need to become comfortable with an idea. And it is the two DNAs have to mix, but you're not getting one or the other. You are not going to get the DNA you want. You're not getting Earl and Ricky. You're going to get somewhere between that and what he ultimately wants, which is, again, chunk the ball through the air. I'm not saying he's going to ignore the running game. He's done a pretty good job at times of getting there. But to me, those games where you have one game where you don't give Bijan what any carries or really meaningful yeah, TCU, carries. Yeah, got 12 carries. In a second half, right, when you're not doing that. But then you have games where you turn around and go, okay, here's 40 or 50 carries. Okay, I'm not that impressed because to me that is you're going way too far the other way. You need to find that balance. So let's see what that part of it looks like tonight. And then because here's the other thing you got to – the thing I wonder, does Sark deep down, does Sark think about the Quinn Ewers part of this game? This is Quinn's opportunity to make a statement. Malik Murphy's going to get his chance theoretically in a quarterback discussion in the offseason. Maybe tonight, maybe not. But in the offseason, for sure. Arch Manning's going to be there. The, the, whole, the plan has been that he's going to sit. What if they run the ball 45 times tonight and win the game and it feels like Quinn Ewers is not being trusted? What are Longhorn fans going to say about the quarterback situation tonight and tomorrow? Right. Are they going to say, oh, maybe there's a battle? Because at some point, you and every Longhorn fan listening right now is going to have a moment in the next few days where they go, oh, Arch Manning is showing up in January. What number three looks like tonight matters a lot. Yeah. And if he looks like he did in Dallas, that's a whole different discussion than if he looks like he did in Stillwater. Right. And if you're looking without 
thinking about Quinn Ewers and his ups and downs this year, if you're just looking at the game plan and what it should be if your quarterback was, you know, dialed in on all cylinders, I mean, Washington, they allow 101st out of 131 teams and yards allowed through the air. Yeah. So that means oh, that's we're going to throw the freaking football. They're ripe for it. They're and, <laughs> and they're better against the run. We've talked about yeah, that. They're, they're like 34. Yeah. Oh, dude, it, it, it sets up perfectly <laughs> for it. And like Craig Way talked about earlier today on Light the Tower, in the past when Quinn Ewers has been under a domed roof, He's been pretty damn good. That's and he, true. And he's carved people up a little bit. So if you can get him, and if he and Xavier Worthy are a little bit more on the same page, and Sanders and those other guys, if they can really get after it, then we could really see something tonight. But if they're going to do that, and I think that is part of, again, that's going to be part of Sark's DNA. The other thing I want to see tonight is more variation than we see during the year. The problem with Sark for me is not that he gets too cute. It's that he doesn't get cute enough. Everybody always gets on, they got on Greg Davis years ago. Ah, he gets too cute. No, he didn't. He got too ordinary. He got too predictable. Predictable and cute aren't the same thing to me. The, the way they beat Oklahoma was cute as hell. But they pulled out the cute hammer and beat them with it for four quarters. All those little pass routes, all the pre-snap motion, all those cool little pass routes yeah. and arm angles. Taking a deep shot, that's not cute to me. That's overly predictable. That's a that's just you're just taking a shot. That doesn't that doesn't say cuteness to me. The pre-snap motion does, using Jatavian Sanders up the seam does, handing the ball off to a guy I don't expect you to hand the ball to does. All that different motion. We're motioning from this formation to that formation. It looks like power, but it's actually not. It looks like it's not power, but it actually is. That's the cuteness they need. And he needs to lean into that, not away from it. So that's I don't want to hear any more about he just gets too cute. He needs to be simple. No. No, he gets too simple to me, and he needs to get more cute. Be who you are. Be Steve Sarkeesian. Run that stuff that made me watch Alabama ripping up my Aggies for a couple years and going, my God, this guy's calling great plays. Yeah. Just innovative, and everything was innovative, smart, quick, and it was was just too cute for the opponents in the best way possible. That's what he needs to get to tonight. So if you're truly going to chunk it around, Sark, Go cute, baby. Lean in. Lean in hard. Show us every idea you've got. Kitchen sink tonight. Yeah, and, and sometimes that works against him because he gets arrogant in this confidence in Quinn Ewers and what he can do. And then he starts taking those deep shots and which aren't there. So, yeah, I'm with you. He's going to have to spice it up tonight. The Horns, they can't start slow because we know – Washington, they're going to be looking to put up points. and You're going to need to score tonight. You're going to have right. to score no matter what. But you're also going to have to find that balance on, okay, do we rev it up with our passing game and try to keep up with them? Or do we try to keep Michael Penix off the field and try to utilize our run game? Even if it gets stuffed a couple of times, don't go away from it. You know, you, you can't go away from it. You know, Jonathan yeah. Brooks, uh, he's ready for the moment. It might not be like Bijan, obviously. It might not be like Roshan, obviously. But you can't just neglect the run game because right. you don't have the personnel that you once did. You still have a really good offensive line, even though they are young. They played their asses off this season. Kelvin Banks was amazing. Hayden Connor, uh, he was solid. Christian Jones, he really stepped up, especially from 
from last year. So this offensive line, I think they're going to be ready to go against a pretty good Washington defensive line. We just talked about uh, what they're ranked in yards rushing the uh, game. They're 34th in the nation. But that passing game, they're vulnerable. No, Let those guys, Xavier Worthy, let guys like Jordan Wanton catch it in space so where they could have yards after the catch. Yeah. So you don't have to, you know, throw guys open. That's that's the thing that Steve Sarkeesian messes up on the time. He had, just puts too much in the playbook where Quinn has to throw guys open, whether it's the win, whether it's guys not being, uh, you know, miscommunications. No, throw, like, like, like you said, the easy stuff where guys get in space and use their legs like he did at Alabama where he had Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs and, you know, Jerry Judy, all those guys that were first-round picks of the National Football League. You got somewhat like talent like that here on the 40 acres. Let those guys showcase what they could do against the secondary in Washington, which isn't as good, isn't as fast as these wide receivers slash tight end JT Sanders for Texas. And, yeah, Quinn should have a good game if you do that. But when you go to that long ball, go route stuff, you know, um, that's where it could get dangerous for this offense. And Texas fans, be careful. Don't get scared when you don't see number eight out there on offense. That's right. There's no such thing as number eight no more. Eight's, eight's gone. Xavier Wordy's number one now. Yeah. So I, I felt the Texas fans were probably seeing the offense like, wait, what the hell? Why isn't number eight out there? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, number one. Word. Oh, okay. Never yeah. Got, it might fool one of the Washington guys real quick. It might. Because they've been watching film on number eight. True that. True <laughs> yeah, that. So, yeah, I hope they know what's going on in the Texas social media team. And somebody's following Xavier Wordy on uh, Instagram. But, yeah, yeah. It, it should be a fun game tonight. Oh, it's going to be that. If this game isn't severely entertaining, I'll be shocked. Uh, Specs text line 337-3776. Before we hit the break, this says Sark Trash two Big 12 games to let Ewers take his lumps. He better trust him tonight. Another text says he seems to be very cute in the first half of games, which seems to really work. Then he gets very predictable and vanilla in the second half when they have all three, when they have all their three and outs. Hallelujah. That's exactly, that's, that is exactly what I see. Gets a little nervy and it gets, it, it, it gets more conservative and he just gets more predictable. Right. It needs to stay, it needs to stay active. And it just felt like when he was at Bama, maybe it was just Saban walking over to him going, don't forget this, don't forget that, don't forget this. Well, maybe he needs some kind of bug in his ear to, well, you, to get him you know, cranked back up. But at Alabama, you had a defense that made up for any mistake you had on oh, offense. That's true, too. So that's, you know, <laughs> it was a little too. different back then. Your play calling, <laughs> you, could, you could call a lot more freely in the second half, and you could eat up the clock in the second half like a, a lot of Alabama teams did because they were up by dadgum yeah. 40 points. That's Texas true. doesn't have that luxury, and that's Texas right. The Horns, their Achilles heel a lot of the time this year was scoring a lot in the first half, looking really good in the second half. Steve Sarkeesian just not being able to adjust to the other coach making adjustments to what he's doing in the first half. And if, you know, (laughs) Kellen DeBoer does that, then... Yeah. We could have one of those games again that we saw four times this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, another close one tonight. We'll see what happens with Texas and Washington. 8 o'clock kick. Remember, uh, it is over there in the Domain, Domain Northside uh, for Lavaca Street Bar Rock Rose. If you haven't been over to that location, go check it out. Rod and Harge will fire it up at 3 for Ball Don't Lie for an hour. And then officially the pregame show, Longhorn Game Day, brought to you by Bud Light, gets cranked at 4 o'clock and then kickoff at 
8, pregame, a network pregame at 7 o'clock as well. So got a lot of football to get to tonight with the Longhorns and the Cowboys. More on the Horns coming up at 105 with Jeff Howe of Horns247.com. But up next in the crap bag, I got two college football rants for you coming off of last night. A little bit of Lane Kiffin, a little bit of targeting, and a whole lot of me trying not to scream my head off. Next on the Horn. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying, get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realized it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you. Yesterday, you've forgiven me. But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. I wish everybody could see Zace dancing right now. I hope if you're watching on Twitch and things are active that you could see that move. You're getting after it. This is such a hit. You're a bare naked ladies guy? I don't know about that, but this song, yes. This is a catchy song. Catchy, catchy song. This yeah, you is, definitely look vanilla. This is one of <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? This is uh this is, I don't even know how to fully describe this song, but I'm always impressed when somebody can put out this much, this much vocal in one track. Like, it's not, it's obviously not rap, but it's also not just a straightforward rock song. It's no. kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's like right there with Beck and them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a certain impressive part of them. The fact, I've always wondered too, because I know uh, our guy Craig Way, uh, the voice of the horns and uh, light the tower every day, of course. Everybody knows who Craig is. Uh, thanks. Mm. I just explained it to you for some reason. Yeah, Craig, I'm glad you're doing good. I know the guy in the car accident, man. Yeah. I'm glad he's good. Oh, my God. I know we got to get to that, too, uh, and give him all the best. That was crazy to hear about yesterday. So Craig's a big bare naked ladies guy. Really? And he's seen him live. I always wonder what it's like, just like with rappers, to go do that over and over again live and pull it off. And nail that song every time. Because that one you have to play. Yeah. There's no way you're not playing that song. And you got to get that right every single time. All of that stuff. Just like when Eminem hits the stage or Jay-Z hits the stage. They've got to get more vocal stuff right than your typical you know, garage rock band. Than like Foo Fighters does. And I love Foo Fighters. They've just got more they've got to remember and get out of their heads than Dave Grohl does. Right. It's just in terms of vocals. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know that what I mean? Sense. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. challenge to that, man. Yeah, I always thought it'd be tough for guys like Twista and just the fast rapper guys. Sure. And, yeah, guys like this and bare naked ladies. And yeah, it yeah. must be difficult. That's got to be tough to now, do. Now, on another note, next party that we have, whether that's probably the Christmas party, uh huh. We need to have a karaoke machine. Because that... I need to hear Craig Way. Do bare neck. I would love to hear Craig do B and L. That would be awesome. I had no idea he was a fan. Yeah, Craig will let you. That means he knows this song. Yep, Craig will let you pick whichever song you want. We'll 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 do that one if you want, or you can do Uh, another one. We are yes, and definitely glad to hear that Craig's all right. I got that call yesterday, and it freaked me out that Craig was in a uh, a little bit of a a a bit of a car accident. Everybody's fine, uh, and uh, Craig was able to you know get the car. Was able to drive the car afterwards. Please be careful out there. Watch. I've been. I'm teaching my daughter to drive right now remember that responsibility technically by the law if your car ends up running into the back of another car it is your fault that that happened and ultimately craig got stopped in time craig what craig did what he should do and barely missed hitting the car ahead of him the car behind him didn't realize what was going on and that car is coming too fast and then they hit craig 
Craig ends up hitting the car ahead of him a little bit. So uh, we're glad Craig is all right. Also, shout out to our man Cameron Parker, who you've heard on the station many times. Cameron Parker stepped in last night, called the women's basketball game, and did a great job. So oh, Yeah, Cam's so good at play-by-play. Yeah, Cam has a great talent for that. Great the, call on the bullpen. Did a great job, yeah. Uh, Cameron Parker, those nice low tones from uh, Cameron Parker yeah, last night. That's my man. And Texas women did what the Texas men did. They whipped A&M Commerce. I don't think anybody scored 41 but uh, they they handled their business. All right, uh, before we get to Jeff Howe at 105, talking more Longhorns in Washington, let's get into the crap bag here. I got a couple rants for you. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Cue the old man talking about college football to old miss girl and anybody that loves old miss i do not know what to tell you about your head coach other than he is a menace to this game at times and his irresponsibility is crazy the most irresponsible person on your college football team should not be calling offensive plays here's what he did last night when the score was zero zero no score He went for it on fourth and one from his own 29-yard line. Mm. Tech got the ball after he didn't get it, and they made it 7-0. Then later, it was fourth and six from his 29-yard line again, and they ran a fake punt that didn't work. It was 17-7 at that point, down 10. Tech turned that into a field goal, which gave him a 13-point lead. And then the one that's hidden is the fourth and one, wait for it, from his 11-yard line. 11. Now, I know what you're going to say to me if you're a tech uh, if you're an old Miss fan, but Chad, they converted it. You're absolutely right. They did. Then two plays later they threw a pick and Tech turned that into a touchdown. Altogether, his idiocy cost them 17 points, not off turnovers, just off stupidity. And they lost the game by 17. He is sending the message that he doesn't trust any other part of his football team other than his analytics or his brain or whatever he is thinking. Years ago, I watched Mike Leach call plays like that, and I knew that's what he had to overcome if he was ever going to really get to the mountaintop. To paraphrase Beyonce, nobody's ever putting a ring on that Ole Miss team. Ole Miss girl, I'm sorry to tell you. You can get a bowl ring out of it, but you're not getting any rings that really matter to you. Not if he's going to continue to do that. He is calling plays in an irrational, irresponsible way. And by the way, for the record, I understand they also had seven penalties and five turnovers. But I could argue it's just kind of a part of that culture you create when you're that sloppy and you don't care about play calling on that level. And you keep putting your defense, which, by the way, sucks. Has anybody watched that old Miss defense? Oh, yeah, they're not good. I watched them up close in College Station. While their offense was hanging 390 on my Aggies on the ground, their defense was not good. If you know that, why would you go for it so much in your own territory? Because he's a maniac. That's why. So I don't know what to tell you if you're an old Miss fan. Lane Kiffin drives me crazy, and it's not even my coach. They, Yo. <laughs> were, they were two for seven on fourth down last night, Zay. Maybe his golden English lab juice 
is helping them call plays oh. on the sideline. There's no, no, I wouldn't put that on that dog. <laughs> you wouldn't even put it on the dog. The dog is smarter than that. There's, there's no way the dog is not smarter than that. It is so crazy. By the way, if you're a Tech fan, congrats on last night, but you also might want to send a message to your head coach that he kind of leans that way every once in a while. Maybe take those field goals a little more often, Joey. Maybe don't go for two points that often, that early. Joey. What you mean? Big 12 runs through Lubbock. You see him six out of eight, fourth down, uh, what, conversions against Texas? I understand it. And last night it was five out of six. And by the way, I'm not on him for the fourth down stuff. All his fourth down decisions, except the only time I could get on him is when he didn't want the field goal at 10-7. Just kick the field goal. Make it 13-7. We're early on, coach. Take your points and move on. He had like four or five points he just left out there. Those are the kind of things I think he'll need later on. But trust me, he's nowhere close to where Lane was last night. And uh, that was silliness from, from Ole Miss. So that is part, to me, of why they end up losing a game like that. The second thing I need to rant on today, I'm going back to the old man uh, targeting argument because it's driving me crazy every time. When I really focus in on a certain game, it feels like they they show up, these targeting calls. Two of Ole Miss's best players last night, safeties, got thrown out of the game for targeting. I'm going to keep saying this until somebody believes me. There is not one normal football play that should result in a defensive player being thrown out. Stop demonizing these kids. Did you see that one on the goal line with Arkansas? What in the world is he? Ah, yeah, what in weird. the world is he supposed to do? Explain to me exactly what you want that defender to do. If you need to throw a flag, throw a flag. If you need it to be twenty yards, do that. If you need it to be thirty yards, do that. If you need a soccer rule where he needs two or three or five, go NBA style. This many of them will kick you out. This many of them you get suspended. But stop kicking defensive players out for one individual football play. They are now able to actually make money. On top of the table. If I'm a defensive player in college football, why in the world would I stick around for that mess? Why? I felt so bad for those old Miss kids last night and the Arkansas guy. You're just, and then, and especially when you do the one look targeting. Hey, on the field, we didn't call it, but now we're going to go look. Oh, yeah, he's out of the game. We're kicking him out. Yeah. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Somebody other than me. Stand up to this. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Guess what? It's happening in a semifinal. I'm not going to be – I'm not Nostradamus for saying it. It's going to happen. Some badass safety or linebacker for Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, or Michigan is getting kicked out of a semifinal. I can almost guarantee it, and it'll piss us all off, me the most, but it won't piss the coaches off enough, and it won't piss administrators off enough. University presidents, chancellors, somebody stand up, but they won't. Because it seems like you're being safer doing it this way. Yeah, one big call that benefited Texas this season, Kansas State game comes to mind where one of their best players on the defensive end, yeah. the 23 the cornerback, Julius Brents, he got thrown out early for the shot he took on Jordan Whittington. Yep. You remember that? I remember. That it. changed the whole entire game. It did. And plus, Will Howard wasn't playing either. So they were start Adrian Martinez. Think about if he would have stayed and if Will Howard would have played. Texas wouldn't be in the Alamo Bowl right now, I don't think. 
Now, uh, they'd be in a different bowl. You might be right. So, you yeah, might be right. it benefited Texas on the right end. But, yeah, I, I think it's one of the most bogus calls in all of sports. So crazy. Like, they don't deserve to be booted out. That's ridiculous. And in the last week or so, I've seen a guy get kicked out of an NFL game because it's starting to bleed in there, too. They don't call it targeting in the NFL. But there is a weird circumstance where if they go back and look at a replay and a guy ducks the head a little bit or helmets make contact, they're, they're, they're starting occasionally – to throw dudes out of NFL games, too. I hate to see it, um, but apparently I'm the only one who's upset. So um, maybe maybe the right, <laughs> maybe if the right guy gets thrown out of a bowl game this season, we'll actually see them change. But they won't because I'm the old man that seems like I'm calling for a more violent game. I'm not. I'm just calling for football to be football. Mac Jones, what about him? I'm not sure what these things are. Just then we got to go to break. We're already behind. Mac Jones, what about him? Dirty play. Yeah, that's a that one's got a little nuance to it where I think you could you know, that is a do you need to make a rule that you just can't go low, period. Like do you need the, like they're trying to get you rid can of in certain situations they're trying on crackback blocks and certain things like that and you can't go low if somebody else is gone is going high at the same time or whatever. I see why people could think that's a little bit of a dirty play, but once Mac Jones is to that spot, that's t- if he does it a different way, he's going to hurt himself. So that's one I think they need to figure out too, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you know how I'd handle that as a coach. Mac Jones, I'd find Mac Jones for being there. Well, if you're a Belichick and yes. crap. My, my rule for quarterbacks is as soon as you throw the interception, come see me. Don't oh. go after that guy. Oh, yeah, Brady, he's the best at that. Come see me. Yeah. You, ma- you made one mistake. Don't go making two or three and getting yourself out of, out of a game. What do you mean? You got It juices up the whole locker room, like Baker Mayfield, how he just threw out his shoulder last year in week two. That's what I'm saying. It might have cost his career Don't doing do it. that. We don't need to do that. <laughs> All right, coming up, we'll talk to Jeff Howe of Horns247.com, Texas and Washington tonight. Kickoff at 8. You're going to hear it right here on The Horn.